I've got notes everywhere here. Let's see if I can get it right. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, I, hello. There we go. <laughs> I thought it was spring until I went outside and took a walk this morning. And it was like, what in the world? Um, I needed my gloves uh, this morning, and at least where I live, it was really windy and chilly, um, but it was good to get out and walk nonetheless. It's good to have you here as you're coming into the service. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the chapel. If you're new to our service and new to our church, there is a welcome center out um, the sanctuary to the right. Um, there will be people there now and also right after service. And if you're new, we would love to give you a gift. Um, so please stop by there and pick up your gift on the way here, um, way out. Um, just a couple of announcements. Uh, we have the uh, privilege of having uh, Honore and Kim Afalabe here. They were just in Sunday school uh, this morning. A number of you got a chance to hear from them, and Honore will be speaking this morning. He's one of our missionaries that we support from Togo, and we're looking forward to hearing his message. Uh, this week is Holy Week. Actually, all weeks are Holy Week, but... Um, this week specifically, we have our Good Friday service on, on Friday at 6 p.m. Just one thing just to keep in mind, there is no live stream um, on Friday, so uh, we hope to see you here. Good Friday service, 6 p.m. Uh, we're going to do one Easter service, one Resurrection Sunday service. That will be at 10.30 a.m., and next Sunday there will be no Sunday school, no adult Bible fellowship. And I think that's all I have on my announcements, so let me just read a passage for you before I pray. It's from Psalm 46. I was meditating on this this morning. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah, in essence, he says, just take a pause and think about that. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God is, will help her when the morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, for he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Would you pray with me? Father, as I look at the passage and as we consider it, it starts by saying that you are our refuge and our strength, a very present help in troubles. Father, I thank you for you, your Son, your Holy Spirit's persistent presence in our lives. And so many of us are going through great troubles, Father, great trials, great difficulties, some that are known and some that are unknown, Father. As I look around the sanctuary and those that are on live stream right now, Father, there are many people that are struggling with great troubles. I pray that you would remind them that you are their refuge and their strength. 
Father, this passage reminds us that God is for us and that we're not alone. Lord, I pray that that would be so evident in our lives. The passage tells us that God is with us, that you are not only for us, but you're with us. It tells us that you will fight for us. Lord, I pray that you would remind us of the truths of who you are and whose we are because of you. Thank you for your precious son. It's Palm Sunday, Father. We, um, we think about your son's triumphal entry. We think about this week, Father. We think about his sacrifice for us. We think about his bloody sacrifice. We think about the incredible resurrection. We think about the hope that we have. So, Lord, I pray that the gospel would give us great hope in the midst of the trials. Lord, I pray for our friend Linda Matthews. Um, Father, I thank you that she's back home. Father, I pray for wisdom for her doctors. Father, I pray for Tim. I pray for their whole family. Lord, I pray that you would wrap your arms around them. I pray that you would give them the doctor's wisdom. Father, we pray for healing. Father, we pray the same for Diana Kelly. Uh, Father, I know that she's been going through battles recently. Father, I thank you that you've given her the opportunity to be with her group this week. I pray that you would continue to work in her and through her. Once again, wisdom for her doctors. Pray for Victor and the family. Father, I pray for healing for her body. Pray for Honoré and Kim. Father, thank you for um, the life that you've given them, the opportunity that you've given them to minister um, to leaders in Togo, Father. I pray for Honoré specifically this morning, Father, as you've laid a passage and message on his heart. I pray that you would work in him and through him. And Father, as we continue this worship service this day, I pray that we would honor your son and worship him and magnify him, for he deserves all praise. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hosanna. There you go. Let's try that again. Hosanna. There we go. Would you stand and sing with us this morning? Yeah. 
cross You broke my shame and sinfulness You rose again victorious Faithfulness I'm candy Through the storm and through the fire There is truth that sets me free Jesus Christ who lives in me Stronger You are stronger, you are stronger Sin is broken, you have saved me It is written, Christ is risen Jesus, you are greatness and your goodness we want to thank you as the people of God afresh for the wonder of Jesus Christ 
We remember him in a special way at this time of year with the resurrection Sunday coming. But Lord, help us to be in our heart every day of the year. Help us never to get over the fact that you had loved us by sending your son to die for us, to resurrect from the grave, to be the glorious king that reigns above who is coming back one day. Lord, we are people of great hope, not because of ourselves, but because we know you. And Father, for that, we rejoice. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, children five years of age up to eight years of age. And if you're nine, you could probably slip in too. But you can be dismissed at this time if you'd like. Go back for junior church. So I have a, the privilege of um, introducing good, a good friend uh, who's also our missionary to uh, Togo in Africa. Um, and he's going to be giving the message for us today. Uh, so I, I said some of this stuff in Sunday school, so I'll say it again. So Honore Afalabi and his wife Kim, um, I've known Kim. Kim, I was trying to think about this. I, I want to say 35, 40 years. I mean, 83. Good. 40 years. Okay, 40. When I was, when I was 10. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> no, um, so I've known Kim for a long time. She's been in, I was a youth pastor, and she was in my group, and she was in the singles group for a while. I was running that for a while and all kinds of stuff. But, but so she has just been a godly, steady lady for as long as I can remember. And Kim, it's been a great tribute to the grace of God in your life, and I thank you for it. So... Um, Honore came to our, the seminary where I used to teach years ago and um, came as a student and they ended up getting married, falling in love and getting married, which we were just delighted about. Honore, um, again, a couple things about Honore that has always impressed me. He's very thoughtful and wise. He doesn't just like me. He, he thinks about things before he responds. And he has such an incredible passion that people would come to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. I mean, I, I've seen that from the get-go. A great hunger to know God's truth and then be able to pass that truth on to other people, which is why he came to seminary, got his Master of Divinity, went on to get a Doctor of Ministry. And um, then he and his family, and Kim and his family, they've been, you've been in Togo now since 2016-ish? Yeah, so you, you can share more if you want as you open up here. But there are missionaries to Togo, and I hope afterwards, there's a little table out there. They have some couple prayer cards. Just empty them out. Just take them all, you know, so they have nothing left after this. And I hope you'll make a commitment to pray for them. Um, and find out about their needs and their ministry because the needs are overwhelming. And, and what can we do, prayerfully, what can you do to contribute to that? So my brother, if you'll come now, I'll turn it over to you. Good morning. It's a blessing to be with you this morning. And uh, I'm glad to be here with my wife, 
Unfortunately, our children weren't able to make the trip with us. Um, we got back from a trip last night around 11 p.m., so we thought it would be a godly thing to let them stay. <laughs> we are the Afolabis, a missionary to Togo, Africa. And Togo is a country uh, with a little over, on the west coast of Africa, and with a population of uh, 8 million, and have uh, three main religions. Uh, the, uh, the, the Muslims, about 20%. The Christian, Christianity is about 30%, and out of those 30%, you have a, a, a Catholics and all other religions combined. And then 50% is uh, people who worship voodoo, witchcraft. Now, in my pers- from my perspective, that's more than 50%, because even some Christians and Muslims, Southern and Christians, practice voodoo witchcraft worship. So it's more than probably, I would say, 80%. And we minister to those uh, people who uh, primarily have identified and received the call to be pastors or church leaders. So we invest in training them. Our job is to equip them to do what God has called them to do. It has been a blessing to see how God is using these people to nurture his church, nurture his church, mature his believers, and to continue uh, planting other churches. So we have been involved in facilitating church planting as well. And we rejoice in the great opportunity. God does not need us to do what he wants to do in the world. If we all stop to be Christian today or believers, God will still be God. And to call us to be part of what he's doing, it's a privilege and a blessing. It's an honor. We don't deserve it. So we look at our ministry very seriously. Our goal is to serve the Lord and be sensitive to his heart and do what he wants us to be. Primarily to be a godly example, to glorify his name to other people around us to see who God is and to be able to come to know him as well. So this morning as we look into the Sunday we have, it is Sunday before the Easter. And I'm not going to preach about Palm Sunday, but I want to encourage each of us to consider what can we do as a person, as a believer, to bring individuals to Christ. That's our goal. That's our job. As we trust Christ as our personal Savior, so our ultimate goal is to worship Him and to make Him known. So how are we doing in that? And what can we do differently? So as we celebrate Palm Sunday, I would like to encourage you to consider the individual souls around you as a means, a way of to celebrate the Palm Sunday. We live in a society, in a community, where everybody does something to be known for. People do things so they, their name will be known for something. When you look at politi- political environment, people pass laws or uh, uh, systems to be known for, because my name can be attached to what happens, so when people see that or uh, understand that or remember that, they remember me. And that's the society we live in. And when we look at Disney World, for instance, the Disney World is designed to help people promote who they are even at the expense of disobeying parents too. 
even authority. Whatever makes you feel good that you've been known for, go and do it. And when we look at the Bible, unfortunately, there's some people like that too. But this morning, my goal is to talk to you about someone who is happy to work behind the scene, doesn't want to be known, but want others to promote so the gospel can reach other people. We see that in multiple areas, but I'm going to focus on one of the disciples of Jesus Christ this morning. He's not the guy who speaks first. He's not a guy, and even when you look at his life, you know, you know, there's nothing, he didn't write anything, any gospel, any epistles, but he works behind the scene so the gospel can further in the life to other people. That disciple is none other than Andrew. Andrew, one of the apostles of disciples. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the impact or the influence, the gospel-centered relationship in the life of a believer. You have heard it said, you can count apples on a tree, but only God can count the apples in a seed. Let's don't minimize the impact of leading individuals to Christ. Let's pray. Father, as we look up to you this morning, I pray that we might be encouraged and challenged by who you are and what you are doing. That we might be also challenged to consider our relationship with you. How are we doing it and how is it impacting other people? So I pray that you speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at the gospel according to John. Uh, chapter 1, verse 35 to 42. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 35 to 32, 42. Sorry. I will be reading from ESV. I'm sorry for that. You have a different translation. John 1, 35 to 30, uh, 42. Say this. The next day again, John was sending standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the land of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day. For it was about the tenth hours. One of the two who were John to speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. I'm sure you know by now that I have an accent. 
But please don't let my accents interrupt or get away from what God has for us this morning as we look at the life of Peter. So let's say, who is Peter? And we'll see who is Peter, what's different about Peter, and what can we learn about Peter? So first, who is Peter? Peter is a, sorry, who is Andrew? (laughs) Again, I'm still waking up. So who is Andrew? He's a Peter brother, and both are from Bethesda. Andrew, in the Bible, was a disciple of Jesus. Andrew, being the brother of Peter, is not well known. They were called to follow Jesus according to Matthew 4:18. He is one of the 12 apostles or disciples that follow Christ. He is and his brothers a fisherman. They fish. So at one point through the fishing process business, they took a time and that's how they met John the Baptist. And they became John the Baptist followers. And during that process when Jesus was baptized and John the Baptist identified Jesus as the Messiah, as the Lamb of God, Andrew, John heard this and they followed Jesus. Through that process, they spent a day with Jesus. They want to know, where are you staying? And Jesus showed them where he stayed. Somehow, they left Jesus at that point and went back to Galilee and North Capernaum, continued the fishing. And they later on became one of the disciples of Jesus. So all four of them, Andrew, Peter, James, and John, were inseparable. They were together. Even in the gospel, when they mention the names, always come all four names together. In fact, when you look at Christ's life, they were part of the close circle to Jesus. So Andrew knows Christ. He's always named with his brother. Very rarely you hear Andrew's name by himself. Of all four of them, Andrew is the least known. We don't know much about him. We don't talk much about him. Compared to Peter, his older brother, Peter is the one who speaks for the group. He's the one who speaks before he thinks. He's the one who even risen with Christ. Christ, you can't do that. Or if you're going to wash my arm, just wash my whole body. That's Peter, that's Peter for you. So living with uh, an older brother who's the outgoing person, who's the first person to speak, we can say that Andrew was the kind of like a behind-the-scenes guy. He works in the shadow of his older brother. Now, he's the one who introduced Peter to Christ, I'm thinking, wait, this guy always speaks for me. He always tells me what to do. And I have a good opportunity to send him to stay with somebody else so I can be myself. I don't think that was Andrew's mentality when he brought Peter to Jesus. So he always worked behind the scene. He always do things, he does things to promote other people. 
He's not jealous of his brother. He's not. Peter was an impulsive guy, but Andrew was not. He was behind the scene. In the New Testament didn't record anything about his writing. We don't hear it, even the epistles. In fact, the history would tell us to Eusebius that he continued con the ministry in the other part of the, the northern uh, in the history that he even witnessed to a governor's wife and got saved, and the governor wanted to persecute uh, Andrew. So he asked his wife to renounce Christ, and he was refuses, and Andrew was crucified. So who is Andrew? What is different about him? Andrew's first acquaintance with Jesus was in the wilderness when John the Baptist was preaching. He met Jesus after a day of fishing. So as I said earlier, he left the first meeting and went back to fishing and then came back and continued with Christ. Andrew his name is mentioned probably 13 times in the whole Bible in the New Testament, depending on which translation you look at. It means mainly person or brave person. But the guy who worked behind the scene, who promote other people, he is the brave guy. That's interesting. It's worth notice that when the disciples get in trouble, when they say something that the disciples should have done, they didn't do it, that's when we hear Peter's, Andrew's name in the group as a person who does something wrong. But individually, never did anything that we can say is wrong about him. He's a different guy. When he met Jesus the first time, whatever he heard from Jesus, he was convinced that it was too good to keep to himself. That's why he had to bring his older brother. So he brought his older brother to Christ. So he met Christ and found out who Christ is. The very first thing he did, it what? Brought his brother. He didn't go out and talk to other people. My brother. Maybe he understand that if he, the way Peter acts, if he really knows who Christ is, that might make a big difference in people's life. Maybe that's why he did it. Then we can have a different explanation, different speculations, but I think he did that knowing that his brother can do something that he would not be able to do. That shows one thing about him. He doesn't seek his own pleasure. He doesn't seek his own glory behind the scene guy. Another thing that I, I want to point out here is he was at one point a disciple of John the Baptist. Now, just think about it. John the Baptist, what is his lifestyle? In fact, Matthew recorded throughout that, his, even his clothes that he wore, the food that he eat, he eat honey, wild honey, that's what he eats. And Andrew was one of his disciples. What does that mean? Andrew is not a guy who looks for comfort. If he was looking for comfort, he would not be the disciple of John the Baptist. He's not the kind of guy that will, be say, will say, hey, I want life uh, to be easy for me. The conveniency. He's not that type of person. So we see who Andrew is, what's different about him. Let's see what can we learn from Andrew's life. 
Andrew understands the importance of bringing individuals to Christ. When, he look, when we look closely in the New Testament narrative, we soon discover that he always in the process of bringing people to Christ. So he brought his own brother, Peter, to Jesus. What else did he do to bring in people? Remember when Jesus was preaching and people were hungry, and he asked the people, a disciple, to feed the crowd. What happened? There was a little boy who has the two fish and five loaves. Who brought the boy to Christ? It was Andrew. Andrew brought the boy to say, he has two fish and loaf. Now, Andrew understood that these two fish and five loaves will not feed 5,000 people. But he has something in mind. He has a faith that Christ can do something about this. By using this fish and loaf, he can feed the whole crowd. He brought the boy to Christ. And of course, Christ prayed and fed the 5,000. So he brought his own brother to Christ. Now he brought the boy to Christ, and Christ uses that boy's food to feed the crowd. What else Peter did? Remember in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 20 to 22, there was a group of Greeks who wanted probably the Gentile, want to see Christ. So when they came, they went to Philip. They want to see Christ. So they went to Philip to introduce them to Christ. And Philip didn't do that. What did Philip do? He went to Andrew. So Andrew took them, both Phil and Andrew introduced this group to Christ. In fact, when they met Christ, Christ used that opportunity to explain his future ministry, the cross. So the fact that Andrew introduced Peter to Jesus, he make, that makes him the first homegrown missionary. Of all the disciples, he was the first one to do that. Met Christ. I want to talk to somebody about Christ. Peter, it's Christ. Isn't that what missionaries do? He was the first homegrown missionary. It didn't stop there. When he, the, 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 the Greeks came, he introduced the Greeks to Christ. That makes him what? A foreign missionary. That's Andrew. That's what he's doing. He's always introducing people to Christ. What makes a difference? Now, Peter meeting Jesus Christ, Peter went on to become one of the faithful disciples of Christ, and he preached at a Pentecostal. How many people got saved that day? Over 3,000, the, the, the gospel tells us. So we can say, this is not stretching. The, the successful ministry of Peter is in part, in part Andrew's faithful mission ministry introducing people to Christ. Would you agree with me? Yes. So P, P, Andrew introduced Christ, uh, Peter to Christ, and Peter going on to preach to people and wrote, a God, uh, wrote epistles. 
is because Andrew took a time to introduce him to Christ. Now, Andrew didn't save people, but God uses him to bring his brother, and through the work of the Holy Spirit, the power of the word changed the lives. People came to save. So Andrew, we can learn from Andrew that we need to be involved in bringing people to Christ one soul at a time. It used to be you have a crusade when you preach a crowd, but these days to be successful Christian in evangelizing, it has to be one-on-one. Your neighbors, you can invite them as a group, but the relationship one-on-one, that's when you see the more deep Deaf relationship that leads to Christ-centered gospel evidence presentation. So, Andrew and Peter both have evangelistic approach, but two different approaches. Peter preached to the crowd. Andrew worked behind the scene. Introduced one person to Christ, and that person goes on to introduce other people to Christ. In comparison, he is as successful as Peter is successful. And this, we have seen this happen even after the first, the church. We see in the history how people were introduced, one person was introduced to Christ and that person went on to share the gospel to many, many people. Let's see some examples, for instance. Have you heard the name of Charles Spurgeon? Do you know how he got saved? Charles Spurgeon, he was a preacher of the 1800 in England. He was influenced Baptist preacher. In fact, he was nicknamed the Prince of Preachers. He grew up in a Christian home. His parents shared the gospel with him. His mother prayed with him faithfully, but he never got saved. In fact, one day his dad was at church and asked a child to join him at the church during that time, there's a stone storm came. Charles Spurgeon can go to the church. Halfway through, there was a church doors are open. There was a Methodist church, I believe. And Charles went to the church. Because of the storm, the pastor who was supposed to preach didn't come. A layman got up and preached that day. That's how Charles Spurgeon got saved. So Charles Spurgeon didn't get saved through the ministry of a great preacher, a great pastor. He got saved through the ministry of a layman that looked at him. In fact, he said in his writing, he said, Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. For ten minutes in broad excess, the men invited the hearers to look to Jesus, and I saw at once the way of salvation and the Holy Spirit who enabled me to believe and give me peace through believing. That's how Charles Spurgeon got saved. One person, a layman, get him the gospel. Who else? You hear about D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody, well, how did he get saved? A Sunday school teacher, Mr. Kim uh, Kimball, Robert Kimball, is the one who shared the gospel with uh, D.L. Moody, led him to Christ. 
In fact, Mr. Combo wrote about it. I simply told him of Christ's love for him and the love Christ wanted him in return. He continued to say, that was all there was. It seemed the young man was just ready for the lights and that broke upon him and there the back of the store in Boston, D.L. Moody gave himself and his life to Christ. Now, when we look at D.L. Moody's life, how he got saved, through him, many people became to know Christ. One of them is Charles Stood. Charles Stood was a pioneer missionary converted. Have you ever heard about Cambridge, Cambridge Seven? He's one of them. And through his ministry, another person got saved through Wild, uh, Wilbur, Wilbur Chapman. Wilbur Chapman got saved to their Moody ministry. And Wilbur Chapman was doing ministry, evangelism, in a, in, a, in a place where a baseball player took a day off, didn't want to go play baseball, went to listen to him, and he got converted. And that person who? Billy Sunday. Wow. So Billy Sunday heard the gospel, and, and Chapman took a church, and Billy Sunday continued his evangelist ministry, and also through Billy Sunday's ministry, Mordecai Ham got saved. Mordecai Ham also had his evangelist ministry, and we went to North Carolina, and we were doing the preaching. And during that time, there was a guy called Billy Frank. He didn't want to go, but some of the high schoolers decided to disturb Mordecai's evangelist meeting. So he said, I want to go see what's going to happen. He went, he was intrigued by what he heard, went back, and he got saved. And that person he called Billy Graham. The salvation of one person led to many, many, many people. And the person who led them to Christ in their moody situation, Sunday school teacher that we don't often hear about. Now, look at what happened to Dale Moody, and they don't only have an impact ministry in, in the state, but even in England, we have a Dale Moody Institute today. How many people went through there and got saved? How many people were them serving the Lord all over the world and continue ministry today? Why? Because that Sunday school teacher did not shy for sharing the gospel with Dale Moody. I can go on with more examples. John Calvin. But I'll stop here. Now, you can have all opinion about Billy, Billy Graham ministry. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is, one person shared the gospel with Dear Moody. Dear Moody went on to share the gospel to all these people. And Billy Graham got saved. Billy Graham, used, God uses him many, many ways. So, we need to consider doing whatever we can to bring individuals to Christ. One soul at a time. One by one. We may not be the most outspoken person or the frontline person, but we can work behind the scene to bring one soul to Christ. Bring individuals to Christ. Parent, 
What are you doing to showing your children how to minister or to serve one person or individual to bring them to Christ? If a children's gonna learn it, it's not through school. Certainly not school. Maybe at best at church, but it started with you as a parent. You have to model that to your children. Children, what are you doing at school? Your friend on the playground that you dislike, maybe God wants you to just say something to them to bring them to you. You may not be the person that lead them to Christ necessarily, but God can use whatever you say, whatever seeds you plant at the right time for his glory. We all must engage in individual relationships, gospel-centered relationship to introduce people to Christ. No matter where we are, no matter what level of society we are, no matter what is going on in our lives, we need to be mindful of Christ is reaching individuals for his kingdom. Gospel-centered relationship should lead us to bring in individuals to Christ. When we do our part, God is faithful to do his part. Remember, we can count the apples on the tree, but we cannot, only God can count the apples in the seed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. I pray that you help us to take this truth, these principles to heart, that you are still in the business of bringing soul to yourself, one soul at a time. And we pray that we are tools, might be tools and instruments in your hands to bring those people to you. Help us to do this. Give us wisdom and discernment to make those decisions that allow us to do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. you stand and sing uh, our closing song with us this morning?
received about the impact of, of our uh, just being humble and willing to share the gospel amongst people in vulnerable situations. Lord, it's, it can be hard to be one-on-one, Father, but uh, Lord, I just ask that you would give us all the courage to, uh, to speak truth, Lord. Um, and in those moments where we, we kind of feel that we're bottling up and we're nervous to share, Lord, please let us remember this, that uh, only you can count uh, the apples in a seed, Lord. It's a, a, just a, a beautiful word picture. Father, we are all the result uh, of that in some way. Uh, every single one of us here and, and our salvation is a result of that. And I thank you, Lord, for those people before us uh, the genealogy of, of, of us be, being saved, Lord, is, is from those who are obedient, Lord. But thank you for those people um, who, who listen to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Your attention real quick. Uh, as you're leaving, if for some reason God puts a burden on your heart to help with the mission work in uh, Toga, just encourage you to do this. If, you're, if you do your donations by a check or whether it's cash, there's envelopes out on the uh, offering box table. Uh, we don't typically do this kind of thing, but if you just have a burden on your heart, you want to help out with what God's doing in Toga. I know there's special projects that they have coming up, and if, uh, if there's a desire to help with that, write a check to the chapel and just put Toga in the memo, and we'll make sure that all of that uh, gift goes to that ministry, okay? Because I know sometimes you hear something, you're like, I want to be part of what God's doing there. We as a church are supporting Honoré and his wife in their ministry there, but I just think it's important for us at times to say, if you want to give a special gift, and there's a couple special needs, I encourage you to be able to uh, participate in that, okay? As Honoré was speaking this morning, I was, I think back through your own genealogy, right, spiritually, how you heard the gospel, and who did God use, and how did all of that happen, okay? Uh, you know, my parents first heard the good news of Christ through a guy that sold produce door to door, had an aluminum Grumman van, drove around the streets of a town called North Wales, Pennsylvania, and uh, thought he should tell people about the one who had changed his life. Shared the gospel with my parents. Uh, eventually said, hey, you want to go to church with me? My parents went to church with him. And uh, two weeks later, my parents came to faith in Christ. And I think in my immediate family, that is, you know, my siblings, grandchildren, and now great-grandchildren, there are 60-some people who profess faith in Christ. <laughs> because Frank Robinson thought that when he got up every morning, he had a calling from God in the most humble and I will say delightful fashion to communicate to people that there is hope in Christ. And if you look at your life that way as a follower of Christ, it will change your existence. Right? You'll have purpose not by seeking to be somebody, by telling people about somebody who loves them, shed his blood for them, and can save them if they trust him. Okay, so I just think about how you came to Christ. Be that person. Be Andrew. You don't have to be Peter, but be Andrew. Okay, and think about this. I'm in ministry because Frank Robinson shared that word with my parents. And I don't know how many other people he touched, but I know one person he touched. 
and it makes a big difference, okay? So I want to encourage you in that way. If you want to support this mission, we will not miss anything that you give to this mission work, okay? Father, as we go, help us to be your living word, known and read of all men. God, let people, as they see us tomorrow morning, may they see Jesus. And Lord, may each one of us think about, how did I hear about Christ? How, how did that work? What person did God use? Help me to imitate them in my life so that the name of Christ will be made known. God, forgive our silence. It is unjustifiable. We have one message. All I have is Christ. And I will never meet someone who is beyond the reach of your amazing grace, Lord. So give me tomorrow courage to be that person in our families, to be that person who speaks the name of Jesus boldly, lovingly, clearly. For your glory, we pray these things, Lord Jesus, and all God's people say, amen. God bless you as you go.